Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin, and my guest today is the co-host of Code Red, a podcast. Mr. Just Red 904, thank you for joining me. No problem, man. I certainly appreciate the invite, man. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm Man, look, <laughs> I'm going to get right into it because the reason I invited you to the podcast, because we was on um, Bet the House, and shout out to... Um, What's uh, Ken and Smack? Yeah, shout out to Ken. Yeah. Big Smash. Big Smash. <laughs> shout out to yeah, him. Um, we was talking to him about marriage and stuff. And I really like what you were saying. Like you was giving him some sound advice. I was like, man, I want to get him on a podcast and me and him could go more one-on-one in depth. Yeah, most certainly, bro, man. You know, I, I, again, like I said, I appreciate the invite and, you know, anything, man. I, I told you before, I'm an open book about, you know, about just about anything, man. So we can jump right into it. Go go as far as you want, man. How, so how long you how long have you been married, man? As of February the fourteenth of twenty twenty one, it's been seven years. Oh, you did the Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, we 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 did the uh, we did the Valentine's Day thing on got married on Valentine's Day back in twenty fourteen. Was there a reason for that date, or just? You know what? Um, we initially picked the date at one point, and then something occurred, or something was going to happen around that date, and we was just like, you know what? Somehow, I don't, I can't even to this moment, I can't remember how we agreed upon Valentine's Day, but we ended up, we ended up agreeing on Valentine's Day, and we we stuck with it, and you know, it is, it's definitely. It's not like, you know, how some people have like Christmas birthdays to where they say that, you know, oh, well, you only get to celebrate the one. Nah, it's 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 big for it's big for both of us. Okay. Well, at least it's easy for you to remember. <laughs> and, that, and that's now for me personally, you know, for me, yeah, that 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 part. So when it when it comes down later on and when we get up in age a little bit a little longer down the road. I, I can never forget it, you know. Babe, when's our anniversary? You, you know, it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> so you said it's been seven years. Yeah, seven years. How seven would you? Years. How would, in your words? How would you describe marriage? Man, marriage is a beautiful thing. To to be honest, um, it's nothing better than than marriage to me. Um, and let, let me put a, a PSA out there, you know, in, in the, from the jump, a lot of people or some individuals that I'm close to, you know, they, they question, you know, how I can give advice. I give advice in certain things or on marriage because I've made mistakes. I've caused hurt and I've been hurt. So with that, I use my life experiences as teaching points for others to basically so that you don't have to experience what I went through so that you don't have to make the mistakes that I made or the things that I've done. To me, marriage is a very beautiful thing. It is an outstanding thing. It's work. It is definitely work. It's not a walk in the park. It's not something that just falls in place all the time. It's not just something like a shirt where you know where to put the the buttons and the correct buttonholes. Though you may feel that you know your spouse without a shadow of a doubt, 
there's still some things that you're going to learn day by day, each step of the way. So once you have that genuine person in your life, that person that you love, cherish, and just can't fathom thinking or living without or doing without, that stuff, it, it's, it's a beautiful feeling. It's a wonderful feeling. It, it, it's marriages, marriages, everything. So what do you, what do you think some of the biggest challenges is for marriage? In most cases, in, in the very beginning, sometimes it's finances. Mm. You know, finances, you know, definitely sometimes play a big role and a major, a major part of, you know, marriage and parenting is another big thing that, you know, becomes a, a struggle or a tug of war. Okay. Um, I'm going to stop you right there because I, 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 de I know people definitely want you to go more in depth. So we're going to start with what you said, um, finances and parenting, but let's start, let's start with, uh, finances why did you mention finances well quite naturally i mean though it, it depends it depends upon the relationship in the beginning and how you guys became one or how you guys established most instances let's people use the term you know definitely heavy down in the south most cases you shack <laughs> is what you know a lot of people call you you, you shacking up you know, so if you didn't, if you went the traditional route and you didn't shack up, which is not that many, but there are some. Mm -hmm. But if you went the traditional route and you didn't shack up to where you guys were already living as one, you were sharing bills and, you know, you were doing whatever. That becomes an issue once you guys become one, because now. If you may have maybe you're a person that. I'm going to, I know exactly how long I, I can go without actually having to pay this bill. But let's say your spouse is going, hey, I want this done immediately. Those kind of things could come into play. Mm. In my instance, we shacked. Let's call it what it is. We shacked up. Okay. We shacked up for a couple of years before we got married. And we kind of knew where each other were as far as taking care of things financially and we knew how each other kind of operated but there was still some kind of some forms of struggles to where i was more so we're gonna pay just enough to keep things going to where my wife was more so no let's knock all of this out hmm. and my struggle with that was okay we have kids and if we knock everything out to where everything's depleted, what about the in case of money? And it took a minute for us to get to a point to where she could understand where I was coming from in that regard. So we kind of had a little, you know, some struggles here and there in regards to the financial aspect, because it wasn't that things were falling behind. But I felt as though you weren't leaving us any cushion. To say, mm -hmm. to say the least. So we kind of had those kind of little small risks, but it was never no, no big arguments. But, you know, it depends upon the maturity of the couple just as well, because you have individuals that can go through those motions and that could tear them completely apart. 
So, you know, th- those those kind of things and, and that aspect, you know, that's what occurred for me personally. I've seen other people just feel like, you know, all she want to do is spend, spend, spend and just want me to take care of everything or just want to spend all that I go out and make. And she just wants to spend, spend, spend. And now those kind of things, they they cause issues with with marriages. They call cause problems. So and that's why I say, fi- you know, finances, you know, the not having a fair understanding of what expectations are financially or what expenses should be priority and those type of things. Did you two sit down and establish like who, who would manage the finances or you both kind of handle it? Um, initially with us, I don't want to say that there was a power shift, but there was a change in there was a change in leadership in regards to who covered what, and I just kind of was I kind of got in the aspect of you know what I'm gonna go out I'm gonna make you know make the money I'm gonna bring it back home you make sure that nobody's knocking on our door nobody's calling the phone saying that hey we owe this and that kind of brought and that 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 shift took place basically after you know a couple of different conversations of or, you know her and I having discussions on on finances and I didn't want to continue to have those type of issues or those type of rifts so I was like you know what hey long as I have this to survive off of you take care of the finances you make sure that all the bills because I'm not going to say that I was undisciplined with it or with you know taking care of our bills but I knew that she had a little more discipline and she was more strict and I had no problem with, you know, accepting that, that she was more disciplined at paying bills than I was. That, you know what? And that's a great thing because this, you know, that's, that's one of the keys to making the marriage work. Like you have to establish who, who's strongest in what areas, because I'll be the first to say when it comes to finances, my wife is the strongest one in this house. <laughs> so I, I definitely understand what you're saying. Yeah, you know, definitely, you know, and you, you have to find find those things, you know. You have to do what your 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 strong suit is. That's the whole thing about marriage. It's got to be an even balance to where there are going to be some things that quite naturally you're going to be better at. And it's not always the things that are broad you know, as far as you being stronger in a physical sense, there are going to be some other things that, you know, in a mental capacity that you're stronger at. You know, one thing with me, for me, is being creative or thinking several steps ahead of situations. I'm better in that aspect. I'm more of a logical thinker and, hey, let's think this all the way through it. I'm, also, I'm a chess player. So in any aspect in life, I'm always trying to go six to seven moves ahead. If we do this, this is a possible outcome. This is a possible outcome. This could happen. That could happen. I'm always, um, that, that's me. In that aspect, you know, my wife is more so a right now type moment. What's going to happen or what could happen just right now in the immediate and not thinking on the forefront. So in that aspect, I feel that I'm somewhat stronger. Now, there are certain other things in which, you know, she's quite naturally, she's stronger, but I feel that we are an even mix and we balance one one other out. So, you know, being able to 
swallow that and say, you know what? I know for a fact that she's better than me at handling our finances helped us be better in that aspect. And I think where it doesn't help individuals or men to say the least, they let pride get in the way and they feel as though, and they allow their pride to, to, to take over as opposed to, and, and think that it's a form of weakness by taking that back seat and allowing your wife to, to take over that. They, mm-hmm. they look at it as a form of being controlled and it's not necessarily that at all. Was that something you struggled with? Um, at one point I did somewhat have some struggles with it, but I had to sit back and, you know, really think about it and look at the bigger picture of it. So once I was able to actually think about it and process it all, I became perfectly okay with it. And in a sense, and and this is just a part of who I am, if I kind of, if I think things through and I feel like, you know, I'm really strong minded on what it is that I'm saying or the advice that I'm giving or the role that I want or the direction that I feel things should go. And you just still are not willing to try to open your mind and see it my way. I'm more so of, hey, you know what? We're going to try it your way. And if I've got to come up and play cleanup behind it, then I'll do that. Okay. So I'm always, you know, somewhat open to trying just about anything to make something work. Okay. Now we we now we're gonna go to the second part because you said parenting. So I wanted you to elaborate more on that. Now I say parenting and then and then there's a couple of different reasons. We're all raised differently. I can't say that I was a hundred percent raised. I, I wasn't raised the same way that my wife was raised and my wife wasn't raised the same way that I was raised. And I'm sure, you know, you could probably say the same in regards to you and your spouse yeah. and your wife that you guys weren't quote unquote raised the same. Mm-hmm. So that plays a major, as- major aspect on how you begin to parent your children. Also in my case, my wife had kids prior to her and I having a child. So the views on once we became one, my views on how we could, how we should parent the the kids that were already in, already there, as opposed to the way that she was already parenting them, they somewhat differed. So, you know, those type of things and having different views on how you should parent a child based upon how you were raised or based upon how I was raised. You know, maybe certain, in my case, my household was very, very strict as a child coming up. I literally, I couldn't play outside of my our front yard or outside of our backyard. I couldn't go down the street and play with the neighborhood kids. Um, there was one, there was one child that was down the street. Um, and the only reason I did get to play with him is because he, his mom and my mom were coworkers. Mm. But it was literally, we lived one, two, three, maybe about five houses down. It was so strict that she would not even allow me to walk down there unless she was either one walking me over there or either she literally 
would spend so much money cranking up her car to drive me five houses down. <laughs> we weren't in a bad neighborhood. We lived in in the area where we lived. There were literally just it was almost what we called a teacher district where it was nothing but a bunch of retired school teachers that lived in our neighborhood. Mm. So there wasn't much that was going to go on or anything like that, but she was just strict like that. Um, no one could really come spend a night at our house. I had some first cousins of which I think throughout my whole time, I think they may have spent the night over at my house, maybe twice. If that, but you know, I couldn't go to the mall by myself as I got older and stuff like that. I couldn't go. You know, she was just very strict on things. And did I look ever, at it. Did you ever ask her why? I was I was the only child. Uh, I was her son. I was her. I was her son. And <laughs> I, and this is one of my this is one of my theories and one of my thoughts with parenting in general. Women are very territorial and very protective of their sons. Mm. They're very protective of their sons and the sons generally tend to be treated a lot different than daughters are treated. Oh. I haven't completely figured that out as to why, but there's just something about women and their sons. So it, it just is, if you really look at it and, and pay attention to it, when a woman talks about their children and they have a son, look at the way that she expresses my son. She expresses it with so much love and so much emotion as opposed to, oh, that's my daughter. It's always my son. There's always an emphasis on it. Like having a son is, for them, is almost the same way with men how we want that boy. We want our son. You know, we want to have a son. Don't get us wrong that we would love the hell of our, out of our daughter and we're going to be super protective of our daughter. But it's something about when you find out it's a boy, when you find that out, it's something about it. It's just <laughs> like in a sense of accomplishment. And it's the same for women. You know, when they have, when they have that son, it's just like, I am going to conquer the world for my son. Mm. So, you know, and I guess that's that's what the case was for my mom. You know, she was a single mom, single mother. My dad was around, but he wasn't around in a sense, to say the least. You know, I knew where he was. She knew where he was, but he was not there. So um, they never married. So in this instance, it was me and her in the, against the world. And that's the way that she kind of took things. But she didn't let off the reins, the reins to say the way that I felt that she should have or the way that I would have needed or wanted her to do. So quite naturally, when you have kids of your own, you tend to begin to parent the way that you were parented. Because at the end of the day, you, you have kids, correct? I do. I do. I have a daughter. So now, when your daughter was born, there was no instruction manual that came with it, right? Because <laughs> I, I, I didn't get one either. And I was wondering, you know, if, if maybe it was something I missed that, you know, when I was opening up the packaging, maybe I just threw it off somewhere. But there's no instruction manuals that come with, you know, 
having kids. There's nothing that says, well, hey, you do this this way and you do that this way and you, you know, you do X, Y, and Z. There's no instruction manuals that come with it. So the only lessons that you have is how you were parented as a child yourself. Now, quite naturally, the most of most of us tend to either do one or two things. One, we felt good on how we were parented. And I'm, you know, this is how I should do it. This is how I should raise my kid, you know, so that they come out to be an upstanding citizen to a society like myself. Or either two, I definitely do not want to raise my child the same way that I was raised. So I'm going to try to do the polar opposite of what was done to me and in hopes that it breeds a better relationship with me and my child. So in those instances, when you have two differences of opinions as parents, as husband and wife, parenting and how you should parent sometimes become an issue. Um, also, like I said, you know, in this instance, I don't call my kids stepkids. I don't believe in stepkids. They're my kids. If I clothe you, I feed you, I provide shelter for you, I take care of you, you're my child. I don't believe in stepkids. So with our kids, with my kids, with them being, you know, before we actually had a biological child ourselves, the views are different. But still, sometimes with those kids, with the kids, they tend to. I've never experienced this in a direct statement of the, well, you're not my daddy. But I've experienced moments that have felt like that. So wow. when you have that, I think that and, and I, I always say, even though I don't like the term stepkids, but being a step parent is a very tough role mm -hmm. because, you know, you have, it, it's not that true biological or bloodline connection there. So they know that you're still somewhat of the term that I hate, that I use an outsider in a sense, mm -hmm. because sometimes you're made to feel that way and you, you're made to feel like there's an automatic allegiance between mother and kids. And the 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 new parent so you know those type of things when they when they play out you know where you have feelings to where like you're an outsider or you have feelings to where you know you should be a little bit tougher in this aspect those kind of things play a role they could be altered or they could be somewhat avoided with conversations in the very beginning if ground rules are set forth and you stick to those, but then sometimes you don't have those things put in place to where, okay, well, hey, this is how I feel about disciplining, or, you know, I feel that you should just be the, you know, because I'm not their biological parent, I don't feel that I should be physical, physically disciplined in them. But then that kind of, st that kind of stuff, it, it provides further issues later on down the line as kids begin to grow. So th those are kind of things that come up. That's why I say parenting is an issue. You know, one of the, one of the, I won't say nuances, but one of the struggles that can can take place in in a marriage. Hmm. That's a man. That was, whew, that was a lot to digest. Yeah, <laughs> but it was great information though, because I, I grew up with my stepfather, and 
and he was a good man. Like I loved him, but I never, mm-hmm. I never told him I loved him, but I did mm-hmm. love him. But the, but the, but the crazy thing is, I didn't understand his role until I became a man myself. Mm-hmm. Like you know, when you're a kid, you don't understand the things that your parents do for you. And he, right. he wasn't a, he wasn't a vocal person. He was just. He was action. He was he was Marshawn Lynch. He bought that action, boss. Yeah, so, he bought it, right, right. <laughs> so he he you know he took care of my mother. He took care of his mother. Like that's just the type of man he was. And he took me mm-hmm. like he would take me to work, pick me up, you know, all that stuff. And I and because I was only a teenager, I didn't understand the sacrifices he was making. But then when I got when I got eighteen and I had to start doing that stuff for myself. I realized all the, you know, all the hard work and effort he was putting into me. So that made me love him and respect him, you know, more than what I did. Again, it wasn't that I didn't love him. It was just, right. you know, you, when you get older, your perspective changes. You understand the sacrifices people make for you. Definitely, definitely. And that, you know, that kind of stuff happened with me just as well. And it, it made me realize, you know, some of the things that my mom did. And the the stuff as being an adult now, and even to this moment, seeing some things that we've experienced as husband and wife with our children, and some of the things that we're going through with with our children, I can understand the standpoint that my mom took, as to, opposed to when I was a kid going through those moments, feeling like my mom was just the meanest woman ever. But now I understand. And in that aspect, I question you to ask you, and I, because you said that you never, you loved him, but you never, you know, really told him that you loved him. Mm-hmm. Now, as an adult, do you, you know, do you ever think on how that possibly may have made him feel? Um, so oh, he not, pa- he, not he getting that from me. So he passed away in 2007. Okay. Um, wow. You know what? That's a really good question. I, I, I have found myself thinking about it more as I got older because I wasn't mm-hmm. like, we didn't use, we didn't tell people we love them enough. Like that right. just wasn't how we were as a family. Um, I've gotten older and I've started to develop my own ways and I still struggle with telling people I love them. I'm, I'm a whole lot better at it. But when you grow up, you know, when you grow up not telling people you love them and when you do tell them you love them, it, it comes off like it makes you feel weird saying it. You just don't mm-hmm. say it as much. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's ironic you say that because I'm not that far away from you on that. Mm-hmm. I didn't I don't recall hearing I love you that much from my mom, even though it was me and her. I don't recall hearing it that much or hearing it that often. So quite naturally, it became a tough thing for me to do. Yeah. Now, those kind of things played a part into who I am today and issues that I've endured and things that I, you know, I still struggle with here and there to where it seems crazy to say this, but it's my truth. I, I too, struggle with telling my mom that I love her to where even as an adult up until and just being transparent and honest up until maybe about the middle of last year or so or maybe a little bit before then 
it felt so weird of me saying it to her. I would almost tear up at times telling my mom that I loved her. Yep. <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> it just wasn't something that I was that used to doing. But I almost teared up because, like, how could you feel this way about telling the woman that gave you life that you love her? Dude, you read my mind because I, it, dude, I'm in the exact same situation. And how do you? I'm 37. Okay, so we about the same. I'm 41, and I okay. still struggle with that. To like, right. at this moment, I like, I, I text my mother the other day, "I love you," and it felt, it just felt, you know, it felt different because it's like mm-hmm. I'm trying to exercise doing it more. But right. it's a struggle because we just so used to not There's something doing. that you weren't doing. I have a I have an easier time telling a stranger, which is crazy. <laughs> as crazy as that sounds. Yeah, I, I I completely understand. Like you can tell your wife, and even when you and your wife were dating, it may have been you know once you felt love for her or that you knew that you loved her, it was easier for you to tell her that you love her than it was for you to say that to your mom or to your stepdad. Yep. I, I still to this moment don't understand as to why it was so easy for me to say, I love you to, you know, my wife or women that I dated prior to that I did, you know, that I was, that I loved. Why it was so easier in those moments than to say it to my mom or even to my dad. You know, I can honestly say it's probably probably about the same time to where I really started, you know, telling my dad that I loved him. You know, he would always tell me that he loved me, but it was always, okay, yeah, all right, Pop. But it was never me reciprocating it like that. I think it's because because when it's a um when it's somebody like like you said, a wife or a woman you're dealing with, they make it easier. You know what I'm saying? Because it's new, it's fresh, and like you, you allow like uh, you allow yourself to be vulnerable and open. So it's easy right. to say. I know that's for me. That's why it was easy because it was like I was never, I was never that way with anybody but my wife. So to tell her I love her wasn't it wasn't hard at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of feel, I, I definitely feel you on that. You know, with them, it, with my wife, she is a major part as to why the relationship with my, me and my mom has gotten better in the way that it is. Wow. She pushed that. And it's one of the reasons that, I care so much about her and that I love her so much because that she saw the things that needed to be fixed in me, that needed to be healed in me. And she pushed for the, for that stuff to happen. And one of the main things was the relationship with me and my mom and her pushing, pushing that to be better, you know, to even down to where I know that she's sat and she's had separate conversations totally away from me with my mom 
so that she could help my mom heal and to be better receptive to what it needs to be in order to help me heal. So, you know, her being able to, to do those type of things, as well as, you know, just being the woman that she is, being the amazing woman that she is, it's, it's definitely what kind of made it easier for me to, to say that to her. And she, she, to me, she, she's awesome. You know, I, like I said in the very beginning, I, I gave my disclaimer, I'm not without fault. I'm not perfect. I have not been the perfect, you know, mate. And, no, you know, I, I, I'm definitely, you know, remorseful for, for those things that, you know, took place. But I vow and promise one thing, though, as I'll spend the remainder of my life, you know, showing her the appreciation and love that, you know, she definitely deserves because she, you know, no slight to your wife, but I feel I got the greatest gift that God has ever created. Hey, look, bro, listen, you supposed to feel that way. <laughs> yeah. You are definitely supposed to feel that way because that's the way I feel about my wife. And, and right. that's not to demean your wife. You're, from that, from the sounds of it, you got a beautiful woman who loves you and supports you and take care of you. And every man supposed to feel that way about his wife. If you right. don't feel that way about your wife, that's an issue. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely is. Definitely is. You know, so that, let, that's how I was wait. able to, you know, like I say, speak out the, the, the smash and, you know, give him some of the advice that I can give him because at the end of the day, like I said, I don't want anyone to ever be in a position to have made the mistakes that I've made. Or, you know, if my my experiences can help someone else that who am I to hold that in? Who am I to, you know, stop that from helping somebody? So when you mentioned to me that, Hey, you wanted to chop it up about marriage. Hey, I'm all game for it. And look, I listen, I, man, look, I appreciate it because you've been like really transparent and really honest about your feelings. And this was really a, a great conversation to have because, you know, especially black well black I, men i'm gonna just say because i don't really talk to other men too much not no, so, let's call it what it is let's, let's be my circle is just normally it. black men so black we don't men. Really, yeah we don't really get to have these discussions so for you to come on my platform and have it man and be so open about it man i, I truly appreciate you doing this oh it, it bruh anytime do you you got you got every way to get a hold of me. You you got emails. <laughs> matter of fact, you got both emails. You got my DM, and, and even after this, I'll shoot you my telephone number too, bro. I mean, hey, anytime you want me on, all you gotta say is, "Hey, here's a date. Are you free?" I check the calendar. If so, <laughs> I'm gonna throw you on the calendar like I told you. Locked in. When you told me, "Hey, the first date," told you right then and there. Locked in. You say, "Hey, let's switch it to this." Not a problem. Locked in. I'm down for it, man. And like I said, the issue with this and for us as men, and ironically, me, Dale, and Smash, we um had this conversation just yesterday. We don't have these kind of conversations enough. Black, we as men, period, but black men especially, we don't have these kind of conversations and they need to, to be had. 
we need to be able to get into forums like this or have these outlets or even, you know what, and, and one thing that I'm going to look into doing that I was looking at just trying to gain exposure for my show. But I think shows like this, shows like um, Del P's Man Cave, you know, where we talk about manly issues, we talk about relationship issues or from a man's point of view, they need to be need to be played in barbershops where we frequent to where we can reach more men so that men are comfortable with understanding it's okay to talk about this stuff. It's not too, too often than not. The misconception is when you're talking about feelings and emotions and truly to, to call it really what it is. And most group of men, when you're talking about being a good man and actually being faithful and, you know, being faithful to one woman, you're viewed as weak in most circles. Mm. And that's when you have to truly change your circle. You have to change the people that you surround yourself with. But too often than not, not enough men are willing to grow and elevate and mature to be okay with knowing, in all honesty, you're a better man than I'm a better man than you because I'm able to do that. I'm able to be with just that one woman. I'm able to be the man, the father that I need to be. I'm not trying to be in everybody's club every weekend to be on every scene. I'd rather be with my wife. I'd rather be with my kids. I'd rather be, you know, taking my kids somewhere doing this. You know, it's too often that we're viewed as soft or weak because we do the right or we attempt to do the right things and we live our lives the way that we should and if more men took that approach i think things would be the view of men would be totally different because too often than not we're viewed as men are dogs men are you know insensitive they're you know all about just wanting to fuck this one and fuck that one and you know things of that nature these conversations need to be had and and they need to to where guys can feel okay with having these talks absolutely and look before before we wrap this up we gotta make sure we tell the people um how they can follow you and how they can listen to your podcast Definitely, man. Um, again, I'm just red nine oh four on Instagram, on Twitter at just red nine oh four. That's how it is. J U S T R E D nine zero four. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter. I am one half of Code Red a podcast. Me and my co-host Coco Cabana nine oh four. It's Code Red a podcast. Um, you can find us on Instagram as well as on Facebook. You can find us on. All, all streaming platforms for podcasts. You can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, iHeartRadio, um, Spotify. Um, we, we're a podcast that talks about what everybody else is talking about, just from a male, a female, and a female, a male and female's point of view. Generally, you know, current events and hot topics and things of that nature, as well as we do a lot of interviews with um artists, entertainers, um, up and coming artists that are out, that are coming out and stuff like that and shedding some spotlight on them. So definitely, you know, check us out, you know, sure. You wouldn't be disappointed. Definitely. Again, man, I, I thank you for doing this. I thank you for your transparency and being so Most certainly. and um, I wish you all the best with the podcast and everything else that you have going on. Yeah, man, I certainly appreciate you, bro. And the same goes for you, man. You know, anytime 
I'm a, hey, I'm I'm down to hop on with you at any given moment, and you know, would love to have you come on with us a night or two. So definitely appreciate the invitation, bro. All you gotta do is send me the invite, and I'm there. <laughs> hey, that's what it is, man. Definitely. And I want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore lamp. And I'm also on Facebook, Conversations with Lamp. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.